0: Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando. Episode number 444. With me sometimes, are you staring at me? What are you looking at, buddy? Baby Brownstone is with me. With his, what did you say, Niels? His uh, Doyle misfits. Doyle haircut. Yeah. Yeah. And his drool. So he's like Gigi Uh, Allen. What what rock star uh, drools? He's a drooling baby. (laughs) (laughs) Hoping he uh, says his first words on the air. Axel. Velvet chains. Slash. Damn it. No, nothing. it's not saying anything. So, <laughs> I wanted to start. He's not going to be here the entire time. He's uh, overdue for a nap. But if you're joining us today, say Slash. Say it. He has a Slash doll. He is Slash. Oh, yeah. we, he is Slash. We got it off Etsy. I mean, there's some oh, wow. really awesome things on, on, on Etsy. He has really? a, few, a few Slash onesies. You may have nice. seen on social media when he passes out next to a bottle like he's just a drunk baby wearing his, his Slash onesie. I took a picture. Have you ever seen the really famous Slash photo of him lying around, like just lying down with like a bunch of bottles around him?
1: I believe
0: that's now. yeah, a, a yeah, yeah. Famous yeah. photo. So yeah, I just put yeah. them like next to each other. I'm like same vibes.
2: <laughs> Is that the one our, our buddy, our common friend David Plastic? I think may have taken those. Or at least the ones in the hotel room where he's lying around with some drinks and stuff. It,
0: it's possible. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure yeah. it took that one. But it's a pretty famous photo. But that's my uh, that's my good segue as my my assistant Vanna Vanna White, <laughs> Shawna Sorensen, <laughs> takes him away. But that's my segue into our slash review episode. And I've said I wanted to do this, um, I don't know, for a while because if you listen to the podcast, I did a bunch of Guns N' Roses review episodes with you, the listener from all over the world, literally from all different countries, uh, places which we're going to talk about today, specifically Brazil, that I want to see Guns N' Roses and I would want to see Slash and who better to give a review than the band that opened up for them <laughs> four times during their Brazil run. So we welcome like uh, half back, kind of, to the show uh, from Velvet Chains, my buddy Niels. How are you, sir?
2: Yeah, how you doing? Thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: I love that you're rocking the, the Todd Dammit shirt. Oh, dude, my boy, of course. I love Todd Kearns because Todd Kearns was rocking a Velvet Chains shirt on stage, right? That
2: is correct, and he beat me to it. I was going to do it first, and we started trying to figure out who was going to do it first, and he didn't say anything, and boom, beat me to it.
0: Oh, very cool. And uh, the guy next to him, the drummer, Jason, with— I'm Honestly, I'm just jealous of your hair, bro. Like, it's just like <laughs> rock and roll hair, purple. It's not a, a mullet, is it? Is this pulled back?
1: To, <laughs> no, it's just, it's just pulled back. <laughs> okay. it's, it's supposed to be red. But you get what you get, you know. Oh,
0: no, I dig it. So, uh, Niels and, uh, and and Jason from Velvet Chains, says, thanks for for coming on. You guys have been uh, pretty pretty busy to say the least. So, for can you just kind of catch me up? Because I know Niels and I we kind of DM each other every now and then, and I see what you're up to. But for those who don't know, you know, latest single, newest, uh, what's like, what's the latest with the band other than this current tour?
2: Yeah, so we just got off of this crazy tour in, in Brazil, which hit so many levels. We're so, so happy with having done this thing. And now we're out there. We're going to release a couple new songs. We're actually heading your way on uh, Monday. We're playing Tuesday at the Bowery Electric over in uh, the Bowery, I suppose. I, I've been to <laughs> New York maybe once. <laughs> but, oh, really? So, yeah, then we're coming back. We're doing... Uh, radio promoter show here in Vegas because we got a single on the radio. It's doing pretty well. After that, we're seeing if we're going to Europe or South America again or something in the U.S. Bunch of stuff, man, but it, it's so much fun.
0: Oh, man, from a kid from Vegas. And you mentioned, I know you, you asked me before, and I we, we spoke off the air, but I'll say it on the air. I would love to go, but as we just saw a few minutes ago, it's hard to, to get out to do anything with a, a little baby. Uh, somehow my wife manages to do it her uh, they both just came back from Mexico to see Dave Matthews oh. so uh, he's gotta oh. <laughs> I'm so angry <laughs> hey,
2: that's unfair I think yeah. if they go to Mexico to see Dave Matthews I think you could go down the down the street I don't know how far it is but and see I, us I mean,
0: <laughs> look I could go as well but I don't want to go to Mexico just to see Dave Matthews that's not something I want to go because she that's her her thing with her friend she's been doing it for years and they take the baby now the last couple years or I should say last year she was pregnant with him so he's just been to more Dave Matthews concerts and Guns N' Roses or Slash shows and we had to play some catch up uh, with that so um, anyway, but I
2: said that straight, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but I, but I digress. Uh, how long have you two, uh, known each other? Because Jason, I don't know you, uh, to, uh, as well as, uh, as Niels, because I got to know Niels just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, the...
1: what was it? 2017, I think we met. We did a little project together, and, uh, um, I bowed out. I was, I was working a lot, and then, uh, he kind of continued with, uh, with kind of a different version of that project and fast forward. Um, he called me up one day and said, Hey, you want to, you want to do velvet chains? And I was like, let's talk about it. So <laughs> we went out to lunch and, uh, he told me what he was trying to do. And I said, sign me up. So that was what 2021 and, uh, October, I think is when i uh, came on a velvet chains full time.
0: Are you in from Vegas as well?
1: Well, and not originally. I'm originally from Chicago, but I've been in Vegas about 20 years. So, okay. I would say I'm from Vegas.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, by the way, I uh, I'm from Chile originally, born and raised. But uh, I've right. been in the US for like 24 years. So, yeah, I thought you said from Vegas, but I'm like I don't know if he said that. Anyway, yeah, no, I'm 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 from a whole different world.
0: I'm glad that. you clarified that because I know you're I guess you're not from from Vegas. That's where you from, yeah. you you reside. Uh, for quite some uh, quite some time, yeah, because the way you pronounce everything is is not <laughs> it's, it's not awful. Ba- it's, No, no it's the way terrible. you think it's awful because to me, no. it, uh, the way I when I uh, when I first came
2: to the U.S., I went to school in upstate New York for a couple of years in Plattsburgh, and some dude that was like the the in the in the dorms, the dude next door was like after a whole year, he's like, wait. You're not from here? I thought you just had a speech impediment.
0: (laughs) I'm like, holy shit. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's so bad. (laughs) But in a way, that's kind of, if you look at it the other way, that's a compliment. It goes to show you how good your English is. Just thought you had.
2: I'm to aspire to a speech impediment. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> From your perspective, I guess I guess you want to yeah. look at it that way. But no, the way you pronounce everything is uh, foreign countries. Unlike me, it, it's almost like a repeat joke in, inside my head. I'm surprised I don't get more DMs or messages making fun of me of just how poorly I pronounce. Uh, foreign names and countries I, I've said this briefly before I had a, a short stint as a public address announcer for youth figure skating like eight nine year olds and they're all Russian and I would practice for days I would practice for, and I'm a third Russian so I it's, I think it's because I had a speech impediment like until like when I was young I don't know when I grew oh, wow. up Yeah, look at me now doing a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, no, I
2: uh, I married an Eastern European, and I I can't really pronounce her name or last name. But the (sighs) kicker is, I uh, my native language is Spanish, but my name is Swedish, and my last name is German, and I can't pronounce either of them. (laughs) So I'm caught somewhere in a weird gray area. We're
0: all just human. That's all. What really matters. That's Yeah. yeah. But from, I guess, so when did you, this is a uh, segue into, into Slash, uh, like, did you, could you fathom, like, I don't know if have you ever played Brazil before? Because even before this conversation, I've said it on podcasts and you talk about Rock in Rio, which I have with uh, Max Cavalera, just to play Brazil and to play open for an icon like Slash. Can you kind of talk about how, uh, just the experience overall and how that came to be? Either yeah. one of you, it's just, did, the jumper can talk play, in this one. <laughs> we
1: played Brazil last year. Okay. We did um, a short South American run where we did um, Chile and uh, and Sao Paulo and Rio. So um, yeah, so we we had played there before, and we kind of this time we knew what we were going into. Um, you know, we had to really put our game faces on because those fans are intense. And they're very passionate about stuff. So, um, yeah, when when we heard that you know we got the we got the slash tour, I was just kind of like, just sitting there thinking to myself, how did I get here? You know, in in my life. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but it, it was definitely a, a a big accomplishment for us, just you know, moving forward and then showing up to the shows and seeing how many like friends we actually made last year when we were
0: oh
2: cool there.
1: Um, Yeah, just the support for for us alone, I mean, even though it was a fraction of the people that were there to the show, but it was was truly
2: overwhelming. And I'll add to that, because last year we went out with the Winery Dogs, we did Santiago in Chile, and then we did uh, Rio with the Winery Dogs and Stone Temple Pilots, and then we did a festival in Sao Paulo, and I'd say yeah we we kind of knew what we were getting into but there's a difference in the fan (laughs) of the winery dogs and the fan of an sdp surprisingly i would have thought sdp fans would be kind of like the slash level intensity but no man i'd I'd 5x this or 10x this almost with with all due respect for sdp and winery dog fans i'm sure there were a few in both but um it, it was more intense it was bigger yeah
0: that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to – because I know it's not Guns N' Roses, but it's still it's Slash, and they've uh, – with the, it was Slash with Miles Kennedy and The Conspirators have just over the years become their own thing, their own band, and have a fan base. I, I really am amazed with the – and Slash is great at this. He usually does it on Twitter or ex-Twitter. Thanks all the fan clubs from around the world for how many years they've supported him. And it's, I don't see that for any—I mean, there's a lot of duff, but I just don't see anyone having a fan club. And it's not like he's—it's he's not like it's a fan club for Taylor Swift or something like that. He's Slash, and he has all these little fan clubs and pockets from all around the world. So, uh, Jason, just like you, my wife is from Chicago, so I'm just trying to think of that mindset to go down there and to see those uh, super passionate fans. So you're, you're helping me live— vicariously through you because I haven't had that we're, experience.
1: There were a lot of top hats in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> like Everywhere you looked and I was like, wow.
0: Did you? The thing with the, with opening bands were, how full were each show when you would get there? Because you know how people are. They're like, oh, we're here to see Slash. Maybe they don't, even though you had friends and you had uh, toured there before. You might have some people like who don't know who you are. Was it, how, how yeah, how was it when it started and before?
2: I think yeah. it, Look, I don't know why I was kind of expecting the same thing, to just half, maybe a third of capacity, but when we started, it was almost full, and by the time we were halfway into our set, it was packed. And uh, we were pretty well received, man. And surprisingly, because a lot of the people kept saying, even the the media that would write articles about the concert show review, They'd say a lot of things like, wow, the opener, surprisingly, they were great. And hey, we should go and see openers and and pay attention to them because Velvet Chains was so good. And uh, yeah, it's... Look and to add to what you just said, it's funny because now after last year, we actually have a. There's an Instagram account called Velvet Chains Brigade Brazil, and like we have a little fan account too, which feels incredible, right? So yeah, they're such passionate people, man.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's awesome. That's wow, what a good feeling. Cause it's just to say like <laughs> you're setting the bar for opening bands, and, it, cause, yeah. and it's it's not even like a. Some people might say it is a slight. It's just literal. It's just like literal phrase. You're opening for this band. It doesn't mean you're less than. It's just you're on your way up, just like how Slash was. at He was in an opening band at, yeah. at one point. So it's it's pretty sweet to, to see that uh, you guys doing so well and receive so was, well.
2: It, it was a little bit also by design, but not in the sense it wasn't like, hey, let's go out and put a great show for the fans, because I suppose and I'm guilty of this. I was expecting that a lot of people wouldn't really pay attention to us because they're here to see Slash and and whatever but i was telling the guys and i said look we got 4 chances cuz it's 4 shows to just blow Slash and his camp away and make them feel hopefully that, hey, this is the best opening band we've ever had. You know, it's like in business, right? You make a sale, it's good, but when you get a repeat sale, that's when you really succeeded. Right. So for us, we went out there giving it up. everything we had. We left everything on stage. We ran around, it was sweat after sweat. <laughs> I came off the stage. It was just, everything it was completely sweaty. And, and people, it, it kind of turned that, I personally was trying to make sure that Slash and his camp were super happy with us. And at the same time, the people loved that. And it ended up being like a whole 360 degree thing where everybody seemed to be very happy at least. So it worked out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right on. Uh, And tell me, like, did you guys get to hang out before or after? Because I see a photo of you, uh, both of you, with with Todd and Brent and, and Frank. So how did that, like, photo op come about did you get to hang out because it was just it's because it's not like you're going on a full tour with them it's four days so it's not like you're on the road road with them so i'm just curious what that relationship was like
1: they're they're all from vegas so having like in, you know todd's our boy um you know frank we've been to the grand opening of his bar out here um so yeah todd was uh todd would hang out he would drop by our dressing room um you know before before we'd go on and, and just hang out yeah so the pictures i mean they were
2: always available to hang in the hotel lobbies and stuff like that um yeah it was it's what jason says and also yeah we'd hang out a lot in the hotels pretty pretty close with frank brent every time we see him out there yeah. in the clubs like hey what's up homie and stuff and, and we hang out a lot with todd but uh it's like different different uh everybody's a little bit different right so I had a uh, breakfast one day with Miles Kennedy, and it was super chill, super nice guy, pleasant conversation. We spoke about export and imports. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was really cool, right? Not, what are you gonna talk about? Like, yeah. you no, know, and he seemed really into it. And it's like, what are we talking about? Like Rock and roll? No, that's, let's talk about something different. And uh, Slash, you wouldn't really see, but the cool thing about it is that I think it's because we had uh, a relationship with mostly the conspirators, right? and um we traveled in the same flights as they did we stayed in the this- same hotels as they did and that, that's something that a lot of opening bands are not even told where the the main act is staying or what flights they're on because you don't a lot of people don't know the opening bands right. but we kind of got the same treatment that maybe mammoth or the struts or rose tattoo who they are with, with now and then they'll do europe with mammoth and so on so we kind of got grandfathered in probably because of the relation that we had with these guys the conspirators so it was really cool man they treated us great uh way much yeah. more than they needed to it, it was really great yeah we were treated like royalty yeah. <laughs> that's what i keep saying
0: yeah yeah it's that's good to hear because you never know because you're right they're opening acts there, there are bands who don't even know the opening acts and it's just something the manager takes care of and you know don't look don't look this person in the eyes yeah. it's so uh, it's as good that you all yeah. can hang out and you're equals i i, I think i asked it earlier but uh, maybe we glossed over it but like how did the actual you know uh tour happened did you have a relationship with like todd kearns and then he's like yeah we should get these guys the velvet chains uh, on how did it like, yeah no it this
2: whole thing so we've opened for todd kearns here in vegas like four or five times right, right? and that uh, at some point after one of those shows before one of the shows todd's wife monique was like hey you guys are great you guys should open for smkc and it's obviously something that had crossed our minds but we're not going to go and say hey todd call slash and they're like we're not those people right we never mentioned it or just spoke about it and it came from from monique and and super generous and kind to even think of that and then it took a couple of years of of uh it, it wasn't like you know, she called up slash no, it's just in this world it, it it's all so complex, it's it's almost corporate, right? <laughs> but uh we started kind of our manager started talking to their manager through a third person, then our booking agent started reaching out to theirs, and it was very like different layers. And then we had worked our first single. We had Richard Fortas in there, he did all the guitars, so there were different levels where we were Kinda all on the same. I mean, what do you call it? Your your de- degrees of Kevin Bacon.
0: What <laughs> yeah, you say right. That? The six. De- well, for us, the six degrees of G and R Bacon. But now we that's got it, the yeah. the Velvet Bacon. You know, which that's sa- it. Which sounds pretty good, actually. You know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it was like that. It was a mix of different angles, and then they all magically clicked together. Uh, but it was a lot of uh, waiting. It was very professional. It was very corporate in a sense. But uh, I do think that also, Todd, after everything checked out, after Slash had heard our stuff and said, yes, they're good to go. Um, at some point, I know Todd also probably spoke to Slash's manager. And that it's that little extra push. I'm sure there were 20 bands out there that yeah. were just as solid or, or as good or probably deserved it even more than we did. Who knows, right? But there's always that extra little, you know, touch that helps and it was a mix of so many things man but i'll i'll, I'll give it
0: i'll give it to dammit give,
2: give it, it to dammit yeah. <laughs> for us <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and yeah. I, I like that approach i i kind of feel similar where you get to kind of know somebody and we can use todd as an example because he's been so kind to me over the years as well one time he like in, uh dm'd me his cell phone number and instagram i didn't ask for it but it's hard to you know i'm not going to say to him hey can you get slash on the podcast that's kind of going over a, a boundary and putting him in a spot. And how many people probably ask uh, Todd also for, for the same kind of opportunity? And can you imagine being Slash? Uh, the amount of people who ask him for favors. So I think it's not just the music. It just shows you who you are as people. That you're, you, know, you, you care about each other and you're not out to use people. You know, you're not just kind of snuggling up to Todd, uh, you know, like trying to sm- schmooze him, and, and then but it just all happened organically, which is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, man,
2: and I'll say I'm at a stage in my life where I just don't wanna be fake or hang out with people because I want something from them. I've been fortunate enough in my life to not need to do that, and I just, look, I like somebody, for me, Todd is, is such a great friend, he's such a nice guy, a friendly guy, and uh, I would never ask for something like that. All I cared about is, look, we opened for him a bunch of times. We put in the work. I think we he was happy with us. And whatever happens organically from there happens. But um, like I, I've told him, I'm like, hey, man, we could one day become the Rolling Stones. Exaggerating, right? We probably never will. But I'm like, we're still going to open for you, man. I don't care. Like, we will open you forever. Like, we're so thankful and grateful for him, and and not just this last thing. It's just his friendship, and, and and he's such a kind guy. His wife is too. It's just great people, man.
0: That's that's what you want to hear, and that's what gives you a. It's a pleasure to talk about bands like these because it's not just about the music; it's about the people. But we are going to talk about the band now. Uh, so I asked this like a lot of, in different interviews. So after you're done with your set. Are you sticking around? Are you watching side stage? Are you going out into the crowd? Did you get to enjoy Slash with uh, Miles Kennedy, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators as a yeah, fan? We,
1: <clears throat> um, so after after we played, go backstage, rehydrate because we sweated so much, and then immediately hit side stage, check it out. You know, I mean, we're – first night like I was just like standing watching slash side stage just like jaw on the floor you know like hey I'm you know I'm closer than first row you know (laughs) I'm like right and then I was like uh there were a couple of people you know hanging off over the side in in the crowd and that you know they were acknowledging us so it was like I'm hitting the crowd you know and going and shaking some hands and meeting people and it's it's just really overwhelming when everyone like wants to take a picture with you and stuff like that, and especially like recognizing me because I wasn't on a drum riser. I was like on the floor all the way in the back, and you know people are like, ah, oh, Jason, you know, get a picture. And so, um, yeah, I went out there. I gave out some drumsticks that you know with my uh, that I played that night. Got a bunch of pictures um, with people, and then they'd all just start like tagging you in their stories and stuff like that. The next morning you're like, wow, I took a lot of pictures, (laughs) met a lot of people. And so it's kind of back and forth. Then you go back and you like watch a little bit more of the show, you know, and then you go back out and then you go, you know, backstage and grab something to eat, whatever they had, you know, for us in catering, like protein bar or something. (laughs) Like I've been eating all night. I mean, you know, so, yeah. That's in and out, in and out, just you know, trying to meet everyone that we can. It's and like
0: a party, bro. It's a, it's just like a it's it's just like a party, like going to a bar, except yeah. the bar band happens to be Slash with Miles Kennedy and the Expirators. That's great,
2: exactly. I guess everybody's a little bit different, like Ro, our singer, he's a little bit more like every singer, singer out there, right? He's a little bit more introverted. Once he's on stage, right? He lets all out and it's like, oh my God, this is such a great show. But when he's off the stage, he's a little more introverted. So he would kind of stay on the side watching the show. He he also needs to make sure that he doesn't catch something because of his, his instrument is his voice. So he needs to make sure that he doesn't get a cold or whatever, right? So he's always a little bit on the on the sidelines. but. That last show, though, after we finished playing that last show, we're like, okay, I don't care what we get. We could get five different types of COVID, but we need to go enjoy this, right? So th- that's when we really went all out. We spent the entire rest of the show in the crowd, just getting pulled picture after picture. Somebody was trying to rip my t-shirt off, trying yeah. to grab me for it. It was wild. That was uh, Porto Alegre. And uh, yeah, we met so many people. I probably caught a bunch of deceases <laughs> <something that>, uh, <laughs> Jason, what child, man?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually at yeah, that show, um, that was the last night of the tour and Ro was backstage and he goes, "Oh man, I want a t-shirt. You know, I want to get a slash t-shirt." And I said, "If I'm getting this much attention and people are ripping his shirt, I was like, you'll get kidnapped, bro. I was like, <laughs> I'll go get the t-shirt for you. I've already been through it." Yeah, and he <laughs> I was like, "You will definitely just get mobbed by people."
0: That's that was Oh, that's that, but, was oh, that's, that, know, that was is fantastic. Wild. Oh, that's God, you guys live in my fantasy of just like having people claw at you. Although, I mean, now I'm I'm old. I want to be left alone. Most
1: most people were really cool. But it's when one person starts. Like, they want a picture and then everyone else notices. Yeah. And they're like,
2: oh. Yeah, and it's cool not to have to do it. Back in the day in rehearsal, we would claw at each other to practice. But now having other people actually do it, we no longer (laughs) need to. I'm
0: I'm joking. Maybe not. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) And and the show itself, because... I guess kind of like uh, why I, I can't go to your, your show in New York City, just I've missed every Slash show for, well, at those times, not for a baby, but I'm always working. GNR was always like the one time I was like organized to take off work. When I have to take off work, like my real radio job, I have to have someone cover me and someone cover them. It's a pain in the ass. And now that I work from home, I barely take off. So uh, But I've never gotten to see Slash, and now I'm, I'm, I, I need to. I need to. Especially, I want to take Baby Brown's song. I'm going to hold him up like Simba, you know, to, to Todd Kern. I, That's I'm, I'm having fantasies about taking him to a, a rock show, not not Dave Matthews. I'm, she didn't hear me. Uh, <laughs> especially, and I don't know where you guys were at the time. I know, your you're a big, obviously, Guns N' Roses fan. Jason, I don't know where your, your fandom lies uh, with GNR, like how deep in their catalog but the fact that Slash was able to pull out of the set list a song that Guns N' Roses has never done Don't Damn Me I mean that's speaking of damn that's, that's what a surprise that was so uh, Niels, I mean did you have a reaction to that as just a GNR fan
2: no, so yeah, I remember Todd mentioned, he's like, hey man, we're going to do some cool new stuff. And like, obviously he can't share any details and I'm not somebody to press him on that. So this was before the tour. And I'm like, dude, I can't wait. And, and that was all I knew about it, right? He didn't share anything oh. else. And uh, when I saw him on stage, just suddenly starts, because he did the Mexico show first. And then I think he did Colombia. And then that's we we came on after that. Brazil was after that. So I had seen him on youtube doing that song and i'm like oh that's what he was kind of alluding to okay and uh me as a bass player like i can do backup vocals and harmonies but to take lead on a song like that where the bass is doing some somewhat different to what the vocals are doing uh that's dude that's such a pro man my hat off yeah. to that guy and it sounds so great and he does such a good job with it so yeah my respect man it, it came out so good
0: i uh i messaged him just uh just to ask, because he's so friendly with responding. I'm like, hey, obviously you're a bit busy right now, but if for whatever reason you have like 10 minutes if you want to pop on the podcast just to talk about Don't Damn Me, please, it's obviously I would love to have that. He's like, oh yeah, absolutely. It's just with the schedule, he's so hopefully in the future, but he said that it was ridiculously hard to play. So yeah, so you, I was going to ask why. So as you mentioned, as a bassist, you're explaining why and it's just i thought maybe just vocally what because it just begs the question okay if slash wants to do it or can can do it there was a leaked uh sound check i believe from uh, last year that he was kind of playing don't damn me in rehearsal but it's never been played live axel has never done it live and just the fact that (laughs) it it just came out it is a surprise And I was able to see this. So this is true. It's not just like a fake uh, set list. It was shared in, I believe, the Slash's fan page fan group. (laughs) I want to make sure I give people credit because this Slash's fan page uh, run out of Mexico, which uh, run by a great dude. And there's a fan page of it just for fans to post their own stuff. And there's a video of him getting the, uh, the set list from Miles. And you're going down the set list, you know, obviously just now with the amount of uh, songs in the repertoire, great set list. But they had Don't Damn Me in there. And it's not slash, the guy slash, the actual uh, punctuation. So this means it was an alternate. Perfect Crime slash Bad Apples. So those are two other songs that Guns N' Roses don't play live and they they haven't played those yet as of this recording but the fact that they played one of those and those other two are on there it's just uh, it's kind of mind-blowing what an incentive to see Slash and I, I wish I could give them this person credit because they uh, mentioned this idea that maybe they're, he's just kind of working out the kinks to play this song with Guns N' Roses on the next few uh, so I, I don't know just as a uh, and Jason I, feel free to chime in I don't know your, your, how diehard if you're a nerd like me and Neil's here with with GNR, but
1: uh, probably not. Probably not to that
0: extent. Okay, so it,
1: definitely yeah, not. I mean, trust me, I probably had a poster of GNR on my wall before you guys did. But yeah, you you guys take it to a whole other level. I'm I'm a casual fan. Like,
0: it started out that way. It started out casual. Then seven years later, I'm doing a podcast with 400 episodes, yeah. calling my son Baby Brownstone. I don't know how it happened. Uh, but just as like as fans talking back and forth, I mean, uh, Niels, was that, I mean, how cool was that?
2: Yeah, no, look, I, I wish they had played the other two also. And that just goes to say how brilliant Slash is about bringing out songs that, I mean, everybody wants to go see him, but then you get the extra icing on the cake or the cherry on the cake, right? That, that That's how he keeps people engaged and surprised and talking about him. And there's so much to learn from that. I love it. Like he doesn't need to do any of that, right? He can play the same songs over and over if he wanted to. Heck, he could just be a Guns N' Roses cover band if he wanted yeah. to, right? When they first started, they would do GNR covers. And but at the end of the day, it goes to show how professional the guy is, and how much he loves what he does, and how he always wants to do more. And then now they don't play any GNR stuff unless Gilby pops on stage. I think they did Night Train, right? Yeah. Or or this Don't Damn Me. But that's not just a GNR song. It's like almost like a B side or like a, right deep yeah. into the catalog. Right. So no, it's just my respects how, how how brilliant the guy is and somebody to look up to, man. I I, I love it. And me as a diehard GNR fan, like you mentioned. Yeah, that was just epic, man. Epic experience.
0: Yeah, Todd did fantastic. I mean, what a what a second in command to have on vocals there. Like he really compliments what, you know, doing Dr. Alibi, of course, the the, uh, the Lemmy song. It's just a uh, very cool, just to, that's what it makes a band where everyone, I would look at that like, just like with radio or anything in my life, things are like a baseball team where everyone has their own position and some might excel at certain things. Or or have a certain uh, you know talents or skills, but everyone has their role and they fit together to create this kind of awesome cohesive unit, and that's what uh, SKMC has be has definitely become, and that's what Velvet Chains has has become as, as well. But you you alluded it to it before. Unfortunately, it was not one of the shows that you opened. Bill uh, Gilby Clark did open a couple shows, so I guess it was to be expected that he would join. Uh, Slash on stage So were you uh, I don't know Were you like kind of bummed That you didn't experience that That like I don't know That you didn't open up For Gilby and Slash That is to see that Or uh, Or just as a fan You could start that Like wow Here's something else Slash managed to do That Guns N' Roses Hasn't done <laughs>
2: Look, I'll, I'll jump in on that one. It's uh, we we would have loved to do the other countries too with Gilby, right? And and open for Gilby and open for 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 Slash and do all that. I know that, for example, Chile, Argentina, they have certain requirements where they need to have a national opener that meets the 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 law says that the first opener. So I think in Chile they had a DJ to kind of open it, so that counts. And then in Argentina, I think they had like three or four bats or whatever it was, right? But so we wouldn't have worked out because the, Gilby was there, but we did uh, open for Gilby Clark about a year ago here in Vegas. So at least we got to do that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Ah, Oh, how was, um, let's talk about that experience. How was, uh, Gilby's been on the show. Very nice guy. How was just kind of what's it called? Working with him. How how was uh, working with Gilby?
1: Yeah. I didn't get to meet Gilby that night. Um, it was, uh, was that one of the, uh, it was a newer venue here at one of the casinos. And, uh, of course, you know, being a hometown thing, I had to like load in my own gear and stuff like that and you're double parked and I have no idea where the where the venue is and I got all my drums on a cart and I'm like wheeling it through the casino, like looking around. Like they don't they don't tell you much. <laughs> um
2: so I was that night was super hectic for me. Did you get to meet Gilby that night? I, I didn't. I, I saw him pass by, but I he was surrounded by a big group of friends. I remembered I met a lot of his friends and they were saying, yeah, it was like a big party. Everybody that was, not everybody, obviously, but there's a big group of people that were there that were out to hang with him. So I think he was busy with his homies he hadn't seen in a while. People flew in. So we didn't get to hang with the guy. But uh, Gilby Clark, man, it was a blast. And we're super happy to have done it. And yeah, we do it again anytime. Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: And refresh my memory, uh, Niels. We may have... And Jason, I don't know if you had the experience too. I don't know if we spoke about this when you were on. Uh, I mean, it's been a few years. I'm lucky I remember yesterday. Uh, did you talk about the experience with Richard Fortas uh, and working with him and the song that you guys did together?
2: I, I think that, so that was before Jason joined the band. Okay. I, I believe we did speak about it a little bit. I'm happy to jump
0: into that if you'd like. But Yeah, it's... just as a, a refresher since I clearly need one.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that happened through, man, we're so close to that, that six degrees thing. It's, it's so wild. So that happened because our good friend, Mike uh, Mike Squires, obviously, are, we're really close with Mike. In fact, we were trying to get him to be our tour manager on this last thing, but he's so busy with Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. And initially he was like, let's do it. And then we spoke and he's like, man, I'm sorry. I got to back out because I got Ugly Kid Joe. He's got a bunch of stuff. He had the Duff dates also, I think, too close to each other. Right. So, But years ago, so we're talking to him and we were a new band we were just doing originals we just had started to do originals at the time and we're like hey man we're looking for uh you know somebody that we could do a feature with or collab or whatever and uh he suggested a, a bunch of guys and one of them was richard fortis and i'm like yeah that one <laughs> right <laughs> that like, one. <laughs> total virtuoso right and uh with in gnr and so on so he put us in touch with him and we went back and forth. We sent him the song. He dug it. And then um he yeah, he recorded all the guitars for Tattooed, which uh, you can find on on streaming and so on. It's one of our older songs of twenty twenty one, I think, which <laughs> in three three years now is a <laughs> long time. Yeah. It's another, Deep in the catalog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh but it was great, man. He uh you know, he's spoken by email a couple of times since, and he's just a stand-up guy. He's a great guy. And and just, I remember the first time that I received the, the file with uh, his contribution. I had no idea what it was going to sound like, and I just listened to it, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, he was probably, I'm thinking, man, this sounds like some virtuoso next level uh, maestro thing that he must have done being extremely inspired, and I'm talking to Squires about this. And he's like, man, he probably was half asleep, the, you know, it was late at night, he probably just, that's thats who he is, he'll like bust something incredible, like it's his second nature, and Mike's telling me, he's like, man, that would have taken me, you know how many tries to get that down, I would have to be super, and he's exaggerating, he's a great guitar player, Mike, right, but yeah, it's just the level of somebody like Ford is is, is wild, and, and he can bust out something, the solo on that song is incredible, and yeah, it just came out like nothing. So now i super happy.
0: Right on. And, and yeah, Mike uh, is great. I mean, he does the uh, the theme of this podcast. And he just kind of did on it. I'm like, I, I, sometimes I forget that he did that entire piece of music. I thought maybe he just did the guitar. He did everything for me out of the kindness of his heart after uh, being on the show. And I think this was before, you know, during slower times, uh, he was charging people for theme music or whatever for a podcast and he just did mine just to just to be a a cool guy and I I really (laughs) really do appreciate that oh and something I want to mention I I I guess as a musician and as a Slash fan how interesting was it to see him play was the the steel pedal guitar during Rocket Man? it's that I'm going to poorly explain it just that guitar where you're sitting down the, yeah,
1: the lap steel guitar.
0: The lap steel. Okay. Because yeah, I,
1: they, they would, um, one of the benefits of not having a drum tech on this tour was I had to stage my own drums like off, you know, off side stage. And of course, I would do it while they were sound checking. So while they're all having a good time hanging out backstage, <laughs> I'm working, but the benefit of it was to be able to like witness all of the sound check. Um, I mean, from side stage or backstage, wherever I was, I wasn't just out in the audience, like right. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let me get a. Let me get a. Yeah, no. Right. But you know, I was staging my drums, and they opened, or they they warmed up with that every night during sound check. Okay. And then yeah, and then to see it live, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. I don't I don't think that's very easy to play.
0: <laughs> Before I get to that, let me just give you and all drummers just uh. Your flowers of just what you have to deal with with your equipment, like <laughs> to get in, to get out. I mean, come on, Niels, you just got a, a little base. Come on, you're what a wimp. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's I can't I can't even imagine, bro. I said that's 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 a lot. <laughs> so uh and I
2: had a guitar tech with me too. So
0: <laughs> uh, uh, drummers, you'll get your respect one day. So, yeah. but to go back, so you call it. I guess. What do I know? I'm not a musician. I I say Steel Pedal because uh, last I think it was last year I interviewed uh, Skunk Baxter uh, on the show as my have, like alarms going off on of my computer from uh, the Doobie Brothers and it just came up organically as I was trying to find a six degrees of GNR Bacon with him I I, I know he's performed with Slash so I was just going to ask him about that and he's like yeah I'm actually currently teaching him how to play Steel Pedal guitar. And he's like Slash could do it, you know, uh, it's 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 very hard to learn, but he can learn anything. And that interview came and went like a year and a half ago. Next thing, then all of a sudden Slash debuts it on this tour. And it's like, wow, I found out how he learned that on this podcast. So I'm like sharing that piece of so it's I don't know. I'm always proud of myself to find out some uh, some new information on this podcast. I like when that that kind of happens. <laughs> I don't know. super, yeah. yeah, you're like super good for you, buddy. Uh, so what? <laughs> I'm a player. I know nothing about those fancy instruments. <laughs> I don't that's... either. It was just something because you just picture slash as you know with the Gibson. That's that's the iconic look. But just as you you hear that he's always practicing and he's always working and he's always touring, obviously. But he's teaching himself a new instrument and a harder instrument like he doesn't need to do that but he's constantly challenging himself so it's it's uh, it's impressive it's it's uh who was I I guess uh, recently interviewed that just said the same thing about uh, August G when he did the slash and friends it's just saying like his work ethic is just very impressive so just another chance to bring that up that's all
2: uh yeah and it, it was that's Yeah, no, it was cool to see that in action, too, because when they would sound check, I think they had like an hour, hour 15 to sound check, and they would be on time for sound check, and they would stop at the hour 15, maybe go even 5, 10 minutes longer if they needed to. But a couple of things from that is... They were playing every other day. Like we were with them, we were opening for them, and they were still running a full hour, 15 minute sound check, right? And granted, our set is way shorter. So we needed, you know, our half hour, 45 minutes, whatever, when there were some quirks that weren't working. But the guy will go the entire time. And also to add to that, how respectful they were, and they didn't need to be to the opener because after their sound check, was our sound check, and then after that, venue opened, and they, you couldn't be playing anymore. So they would stop right on dot, maybe go five minutes extra, which is nothing, right? Who yeah. cares about that? Um, but a lot of big bands, they'll just like screw the opener. We'll just <laughs> keep going, and they'll get five minutes. So no, they're so respectful. it's Such an incredible work ethic.
0: Right on. So what is uh what's next for you guys? What's next for Velvet Chains? Yeah, we're trying to figure out. Um,
2: we're cooking up a couple of things. Obviously, wish we could give all the details of what we're working on. A lot of on. irons in the fire. A lot of irons <laughs> in the fire. That's Sorry. right. Uh, but yeah, we can't for two reasons. One, knock on wood, we don't want to we don't want to jinx it if we say anything. But no, we're looking at some European things. We're looking at some U.S. dates. Uh, we want to get back to South America real quick. Uh, we don't want to lose momentum there because we have a big, big. We're building a big audience in, especially in Brazil. So we want to, you know, uh, jump on that. But uh, we're releasing new music coming up soon, and just enjoying the ride, man. It's been such a blast.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. something I, I'm just now learning. I mean, I'm 40, so I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But it's enjoying the ride, just enjoy the ride, and you can. Yeah. I think that's the way to enjoy life. Like I'm, in, I'm enjoying this talking to you guys right now, baby. In the background, I mean, this is a you know, just talking about rock and roll. What's what's not to enjoy right now?
2: And, and i'll give you a good one like for example for me like when when i first started doing this i'm like hey man one day will i hope to open for slash as a dream something like you know big thing we could do one day and then boom fast forward it happens right and now like i find myself flying on the plane back from brazil and thinking okay what are we doing next what are we doing next What are we, what's the next step right and but then i remind myself it's like it's about the journey, man, because yes. once you get to the destination, nothing it's magical happens. You feel great, you did it, but it's a fleeting thing, right? Because then it's like, I need that next hit, man. Yeah. <laughs> and. And it's like that—you could go on forever and never enjoy the journey because the destination is such an elusive thing. So, yeah, man, it's—I love that you said that because it's—it's it's so important to enjoy the moment.
0: What's the uh, the Aerosmith lyric? Life's a journey, not a destination, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it's simple, but it's—it's it's absolutely true. I'm gonna put the uh, links in the bio, but uh, VelvetChains.com, and you're on Instagram, X, Twitter, Facebook, all the. Uh, the social friendster, MySpace, on, on all, on all the uh, socials.
1: Don't forget Twitter or, um, grinder. Right <laughs> yeah. I <do>. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Grindr would already. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Farmersonly.com.
2: com. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brando, I, I, I do want to say uh, something, man. I, I really want to thank you for, for one, the support that you've given us, but for what you do, because thanks to this, this podcast, one, as a GNR fan, I've learned so much about the GNR diaspora. But at the same time, so much of what I've learned from you and your guests, I've been able to apply to the band and we've ended up meeting some incredible people. And a lot of the times I know how to talk to them or what to say based on what I've learned from listening to so many podcasts you've done, man. So what you do is not just for people that like GNR, not just for people who enjoy a podcast. It's really being Practical stuff that I've been, we've been able to apply and get us to do incredible things like this, man. So, thank you for what you do, man. Really appreciate everything you do.
0: Thank you, Niels. And uh, I hope I don't blow up your spot. Don't worry, I'm not going to give the amount. But thank you for your uh, your wedding present that uh, that was like you know a year and a half ago. So that was very kind of you. Did not. Ex- oh,
2: dude, no, yeah, I my my pleasure, man. Well deserved. Yeah, my pleasure.
0: So thank you, uh, thank you, Jason. Really a pleasure to meet you. I uh, believe me, if something changes, Niels, I'll let you know if I can attend the show. But, you know, but next thing on my docket, oh, we, we, I had a plan already for this. Again, for freaking Dave Matthews. But I have to go because we're going to London. Nice. I've never been. So you've been all over the world. I've never been across the pond. Wow. Uh, so, But she's going by herself. I'm going to be back at the hotel with the baby just watching, you know. Okay. Whatever's on TV, Doctor Who, whatever they play over there in London, you know, uh, Mister. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm already making this stupid. <laughs> I'm such an obnoxious American. <laughs> At least I know it. <laughs> and anyway, so that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. What's next? Well, I can tell you. Uh, next up, I'm because I'm going to be interviewing this guy in about an hour. Well, I guess you never know. Knock on wood. People cancel. Uh, but Courtney Taylor Taylor. From the Dandy Warhols. Of course have a new single out with Slash. And uh, Roger Stevens. Guitarist from Blind Melon. So those uh, hopefully will be a couple guests. uh, Coming up. Other than that. just I always say the conversation continues. In between the broadcasts. On all the social media platforms as well. That's how you can participate. Ask questions. To upcoming guests. And uh, hopefully soon. A new website. Uh, A website. I shouldn't even say a new website. A website. I've never had one before working on it in the background so until then when will you see all these things in the words of axel rose concerning chinese democracy i don't know if soon is the word but you'll see it. it! thanks to the lame-ass security i'm going home